that. And I just always, I just always looked at the downside to say what could go mm -hmm. wrong. How does this and what has to work for this investment to make sense? What's the critical piece that if it fails, the deal dies? And how do I solve that so it doesn't happen? Like that's just always how I saw things. And so, um, you know, if, if you know the deal is going to make money because you've done your risk analysis, you've done the due diligence that you need to mm -hmm. to eliminate almost all the risk, you'll make you'll make a profit. You are listening to the Investor Comps Invest Anywhere from Anywhere podcast. I am your host, Mark MJ Jackson. It is my privilege to guide both active and passive income investors to gain that feeling of confidence and complete sense of control that they're gonna make a profit on each and every new deal that they do, expanding both their passive income and growing their net worth as a virtual real estate investor. Welcome to the show, and for more information, visit vip.investorcomps.com. Let's get started. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Invest Anywhere from Anywhere. Of course, my name is Mark Jackson. You can call me MJ. And as part of the Investor Comps world, we're always helping each and every one of you take a valuation-first approach to real estate, knowing the best acquisition value and after repair value so that you can always know that you're going to make a profit on each and every new deal that you do. It is my absolute pleasure to welcome you, Pizan to the show today. Matthew, thank you for carving out time calendar to join me. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, MJ. I'm excited to be here. There you go. We're going to get a little bit into that amazing engineering background turned real estate investor. Um, but let me share with folks a little bit about you and your beautiful wife, Anna, who started doing property renovations themselves, yourselves, in That's 2014 right. and now own 200 rental units without any investors or partners by doing deals off market after uh, creating a side hustle for almost a decade, almost getting fired right in front, right out of college. Matt, you've since quit your corporate job and now buy and do repositioning of small multifamily properties full time. I, I've got a question on, on how you do that full time with something else that we're going to share. But um, you've had a great resource to share uh, with the group that accelerated your financial freedom and actually able to scale your business into the millions of dollars in assets, starting from absolutely nothing. Well, starting in college, we know you had nothing. But additionally, everybody, Matt is a great resource to discuss the mindset of an entrepreneur, how business processes set business owners free, and steps entrepreneurs can take to really know their financial numbers. Uh, listen, there is a big place in Matt and his heart for helping historically disadvantaged groups learn to invest in real estate. He do donates time, resources to facilitate credit counseling, financial literacy, and real estate entrepreneurship through the Real Estate Lab in Allentown, PA. He's been educating new investors for years and is eager to share his knowledge with us today. Matt, that, that is a phenomenal tale, especially for a young person like yourself. But now that, that, that dynamic of systems and stuff like that has to be on steroids with a two-year-old and brand new three-month-old twins. What is life like right now? <laughs> well, thanks for the intro, MJ. And life right now is, it's a bit of a transition for us, um, transitioning to full-time investors, but 
Um, now I'm a dad times three. We, we had our son um, uh, two years ago and we just had the twins. So there's a lot of change, a lot of transitioning, but it's, it's amazing and we wouldn't have it any other way. So lots of uh, working hard during the day and working hard, uh, just as hard, if not harder in the evenings and making the family a great place to be. So um, excited to be where we are and, and, uh, and we're loving it. There you go. I had the good fortune to get introduced to you from the Eat, Sleep, Invest podcast. And listening to your recording, it was really interesting garnering a good sense of your background, which is why I absolutely positive want to have you on. We have any number of demographics of folks that are engaged in real estate as part of the investor comps community. But your story, um, because people will don't always just stay in their own lane, utilize uh, resources between you and your wife, utilizing your own credit, certainly take advantage of having good W-2 paying jobs, kind of walk through, folks through um, just the itch, the niche that got you started in real estate, even while you were in college. Yeah, absolutely. So it started with almost getting fired. Um, my first boss out of college, uh, it was during the great financial crisis, 2010. I studied chemical engineering. I was put in an IT role and I was terrible at it. And uh, uh, my boss told me I was the worst employee he ever had and the company should fire oh, me. Wow. And so at that point, I knew I needed to find another way. And, and that's when the seed was was planted. So there has to be, mm -hmm. I guess, step one, there has to be a reason or a motivator. <laughs> um, and, right. and after that, um, I, I was motivated to succeed. Um, I wanted to uh, achieve something and contribute back to the community and society. So um, I had a, a various reasons why, and I decided on real estate. Um, I did a Fulbright scholarship and went to business school. And that's when I learned that the corporate ladder wasn't the way I wanted to accomplish my mm -hmm. goals. And then uh, once I had my why and my how, which was entrepreneurship, then I needed to get into the vehicle, which was real estate. And then I needed to get educated. So I needed a why, I needed the how, I needed to get educated and get education. Mm -hmm. And then I really cut my teeth for 10 years, <laughs> you know, before I, <laughs> I invested full time in doing this business and growing this company. So um, that, that, those were the steps for me. It, it was uh, over, well over, it was 13 years in the making to be here. So <laughs> there you go. So let's talk about that process a little bit. I mean, I've, I have a number of engineering friends and one of the, one of the things they often have said to me independently is, man, if I have to do something twice, there's got to be a process for it. It's <laughs> like or a process or some measure of automation to come to it. Kind of share what it was like taking that mindset, that engineering um, component that is ha has no doubt been extremely valuable to you. And then applying that, even as you just said, you know, the motivation, the why and the education, um, taking that and rolling into the beginnings of your real estate investing business. Right. So the engineering component was important for me because in engineering school, we talked about, okay, we need to design to size and then put a safety factor on a safety factor because if chemicals blow up, people die, right? So you have to be really safe. Mm -hmm. And I applied those principles to my real estate investing. Instead of things blowing up, it was, well, the deal doesn't make money or worse, right? Or if I'm not underwriting and understanding all of the risks, uh, I mm -hmm. could lose money or, or go into foreclosure or something worse, right? So uh, that that idea of the safety factor really stuck with me and, and making sure there's room in the deal. Um, but then also 
um, so that, that was the first thing, but the second thing was really on the process side, like you just mentioned MJ and the one thing it's cause effect. If this happens, then that happens. If, um, if we change this thing upstream, that thing downstream happens. And so understanding how everything is interconnected and what happens in, in one area of a company affects the others was, was a strength that I learned in, in engineering school and, and that I apply to business today. Um, but I didn't learn much about business in college, so I had to learn that elsewhere, but at least the principles applied <laughs> some of them. There you go. Yeah. One of the things we talk about is just being able to utilize dating information, especially when we're talking about doing remote or virtual investing. Now, I would imagine most of what you engaged in was right in your backyard, maybe a city, county away, something like that. Let's talk about that very first deal. Break that down for us. What was that like for you? Oh, absolutely. The very first deal was a single family home in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Uh, I bought it for $60,000 and I had a $48,000 mortgage and it rented for $975. So um, I was able to then do a little bit of work and do a cash out refinance about a year later to uh, to get all my money back and buy the next deal. So uh, it was a motivated seller. And it needed some work, and I was able to make a the, the property appraised for I think seventy. Um, so I, I got a good discount mm-hmm. coming in, and it was cash flow positive, and then I could I could refinance it. Um, but even before I did that deal, I had to get educated. I met a group of investors. I saw hundreds of properties before I bought that one, and I right. think that was the key for me. It was just seeing the properties and and knowing how to differentiate a good deal from a bad deal. And meeting with others in my local market and, and getting educated um, with others. You know, one of the things I always teach, I teach folks, and I, I want to go on to that, you know, look at, you know, you know, 100 deals or more to get to the one. Um, in your education and stuff like that, did you, was there ever a sense that um, I got to get a deal done, I got to get a deal done, I got to get a deal done? Or were you really patient enough to wait until you found the right one? What was your experience? Uh, Not only was I, yeah, I didn't have the urgency of, I got to get a deal. If anything, I was scared. And then I I needed a little bit of a push from the realtor I was working with because he had shown me how many houses, granted it was in a group situation. He was going anyway, whether I was there or not, but he, you know, he wanted to sell a property and I wanted to buy. And he kind of said, no, you need to do this. He kind of pushed me a little bit. And so I would, I had some analysis paralysis and I had some fears, but I, I pushed forward anyway. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, uh, I was anything but chomping at the bit to buy. I was, I knew I needed to buy, but I was, I was fearful. There you go. So when you looked at that first asset with, was it always the mindset that I'm going to hold on? This is going to be a wealth building asset, cash flowing, you know, maybe apply the Burr method, or did you look at potentially that being one that you were going to fix, flip, pull some cash out to get ready to actually deploy, you know, more cash into a deal, or maybe even buy one free and clear. What was your process? What was your thought, your mindset as you were going and becoming an entrepreneur doing real estate for the first time? For the first five years, I never wanted to sell. I didn't sell anything Mm. because I thought, well, why would I sell? I had a W-2 job and I was able to purchase, you know, three or four or five properties per year. But then what started happening was that I realized that appreciation was happening and 
lenders didn't really want to do cash out refinances, or if they did, mm -hmm. they were lower LTVs. And I just said, well, what, why is all this money trapped in this property? I, I could sell it and buy three single family homes with it. Then my rent goes from $1,000 to $3,000 and mm -hmm. you know, a thousand each. And I still have the same equity. Why wouldn't I sell? And, and yeah. so, um, that's once I started seeing more and, but it took five, six, seven years to really see that appreciation take hold. Mm -hmm. And once mm -hmm. I saw that, and especially even as rates started to climb over the last 18 months, now I'm definitely a net seller of single family homes because I can't even do cash out refinances anymore with rates where they are at the time we're recording this. So I, sure. I, sure. I originally didn't want to sell ever. But then I saw that I was leaving opportunity on the table because I was seeing, I've just always been a good marketer. And I saw so many opportunities that I wasn't able to do. The, the opportunity cost ended up being higher than just keeping the, the property, right? I, I saw I couldn't right. buy, I saw what I couldn't buy because I didn't sell. <laughs> yep. But you, but you allowed the market to guide your efforts. And that's what really yes. needs to come as a part of that really needs to come out of it for everyone that's listening, because it's exactly how we guide you when we're talking about taking that valuation first approach to real estate. And you utilize that out of, again, letting time, okay, right. move your focus and intentional acquisition strategy to the point where it just made sense and the value was there. You weren't trying to say, man, I got to figure out which one of these properties that I've got some equity in that I can move for the timing and the focus on your strategy allowed the appreciation to come to you rather than you having to chase it or hoping right. that you could sell at a higher market value. And that is that that is a, obviously a very, very key part of your success. But it comes from even if you, you know, you, you went through your real estate training, certainly you did this without having the capacity of having an MJ by your side, a former real estate appraiser, but you did it anyway. But everybody that's listening to this can learn and take away the value of being and allowing that uh, that appreciation to come to you. One of the things that even in this time, as inflation has impacted the value of single family, affordable assets, even small multifamily, without a doubt, it's time to sit, there's this point when you sit on the sidelines, right? Let that value come to you and then you harvest. But there's also times um, and I would imagine even right now, Matt, that there are assets you absolutely positively would not harvest because what would you go replace it with if you yes. were to sell? That that dilemma ex exists there. Talk about what that's like for you right now. Yeah, and or how much taxes would I have to pay? I mean, the, so so it, it's all about it, just because there's equity doesn't mean you sell. My criteria are okay. Well, if there's if would I put if the amount of equity in the property, would I put that much money down to buy it today? Would I get enough return on that equity to buy it with, right. with its current value and what the mortgage is? If the answer mm -hmm. is yes, I do it, obviously I keep it. If the answer is no, then the answer is, okay, well, what's the return on equity compared to any other property in the portfolio? What's the lowest return on equity? Those are the properties I'd look to sell first. and But then mm -hmm. there has to be somewhere to put it. To, and also some type of depreciation to offset those taxes because you have to consider the tax. So yep. th that's my thought process. What's my lowest return on equity? Uh, and what I mean by that is what are, what's my rents? So what's my net bottom line rent at the end of the year? My net income divided yep. by how much equity I have in the house. 
and, and or mm-hmm. or multifamily. And and so the lowest ratio is I'm obviously not getting a return. I'll sell that. So that that's how I look at it. Yep. And and literally even the and or the level of which interest rates are at when you're talking about liquidating or valuating that property are going to have impacts on your decision process as well. Let's let's shift gears a little bit because you've learned so much. You got to a point where the pandemic hit and that really kind of got you in a situation where you can make some different choices about your real estate investing. Talk about that if you don't mind a little bit. Yeah, sure. The The pandemic made me realize that uh, I was a lot more hands-on before, but then all of a sudden we couldn't be. And so I, I had to let go of doing um, even some of the renovation work that I was still doing or meeting with contractors in person or just getting out into the field. And so that's when, and I also saw a lot of appreciation. We all did um, after COVID. Um, and, mm-hmm. and so the appreciation that we enjoyed coupled with the fact that we were all forced to go virtual uh, and not be physically present in cert, you know, at the right. properties made me mm-hmm. realize how I could grow and scale a team that didn't even have to sit near me. Right now, we, we employ six uh, personnel in the Philippines, um, VAs and indirectly others mm-hmm. that do searches for us. And yeah. uh, I really understood the power, leveraging the power, not, and not just of social media or our website, but also of, of remote labor and remote work. Mm-hmm. So, um, yep. and with the appreciation, I was able to invest in systems, uh, and, and personnel to, to start scaling the company. And I probably yeah. wouldn't have realized it if we didn't have the work from home or as quickly, if we weren't for, uh, forced to work from home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Talk a little bit about, and this is really phenomenal, your development of your Motivated Leads podcast. Oh, like uh, how uh, how how I, I came to be on the air? Is that what you mean? Yes, yeah. Well, so, I mean, I know Brian and, and uh, you know, I, I guess... So we we met through a mastermind that I'm involved with, and I guess the okay. the reason to get involved with there with with the podcast there is I had not developed my brand and not invested in my online real estate for so long. Okay, because I was trying mm-hmm. to work my W two job, and I I didn't want my boss to know that I was buying real estate. So Thanks. I would send letters. <laughs> that was it. But I never invested yeah. in digital assets, social media, Google business mm-hmm. locations, my website, SEO, ads. I never did any of that. And so that's why I was drawn to that podcast and why I'm drawn to to Google and Facebook ads and SEO because I hadn't mm-hmm. done it. Like I, I have some catch-up work to do <laughs> um, just for my <laughs> branding and, and finding and, and cultivating relationships online. So that was, that's been a huge focus for me this year. I've invested a lot of time and resources and energy into building out our, our brand online and our presence. It's really, it's really unique to see just the progression you've gone through, um, having a why, making a decision, getting education, um, a little bit of procrastination, a little bit of fear, but getting started and then scaling and then even looking and seeing where you could harvest for good success. You've been free now totally focused on running the business and building 
uh, adding to the family, that yeah. type of thing. And now I, I know that you, you, without a doubt, just being involved with the work that you do with the real estate lab in Allentown, being ready to teach and give and, and, and care and give back, both you and Anna are going to have just your own little rising star in the community. I, and I don't blame you for not putting it out there while you're still employed. You have people that get jealous and they're like, you know, your yeah. net worth is higher than theirs. And they, you know, they'll, even though you're doing the job you're supposed to be doing, they'll still claim in some ways that um, you're underperforming what the case may be. So good choice for you to hold everything close to the breast. I really would love to have you back on. There's more of this onion that we can peel back. And I'd especially we are talking about the strategies of what you're using in social media as well, getting that digital asset going. But it is time for rapid fire. Are you ready? I am ready. I wonder what these questions can be. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So the first one, really, really straightforward. Do you prefer surf or snow? Oh, man. Um, I I personally prefer surf. Um, my wife prefers snow, but um, with two with two <laughs> young twins, I mean, we're we're not doing either right now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that that'd be something to come in the future. Hey, so here's the next one: you and you cannot pick both cake or ice cream. Ice cream. All right, dine in or dine out. Dine oh, right in. Right now, it's, now it's dine in. <laughs> yeah, now it's dine in. We have been doing all the dining out for first it was COVID and then kids. So in. <laughs> in, in, all day. When all I right, can. Yeah. Um, so maybe this might be pre kids, but favorite vacation location? I'd have to say Spain. And I've uh, I've lived there for about two years. I did my master's there. And man, there's just something for everyone, whether it's the beach or the mountains, skiing, mm. uh, there you food, go. the various languages. I, I, I just love, mm. I love that country. I love Spain. Sí, sí. Me gusta idioma y quiero mejor el, uh, el español. Aprendiendo uh, español con la maestra vive en Puerto Rico. Ah, muy bien. <laughs> yeah, sí, muy bien, gracias, bien. gracias. Hablas bien, hablas uh, muy bien. Aprendiendo más palabras, adjetivos, verbos, a completa raciones. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing language, but it's driving me nuts trying to get there. But um, but practice makes perfect. So there we well, go. That's right. All yeah, right. I, I did my MBA actually in Spanish. Like it wasn't even done in English. So I wow, uh, I completely phenomenal. flipped off the English switch for a year. Um, that was yeah. uh, that that was an amazing experience. That's a, that's a separate uh, conversation. <laughs> exactly, but it's a good exercise of the mind. That's for sure. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. So here we go. Um, in this engagement, this endeavor. Uh, going and becoming an entrepreneur. I always like to ask folks, what is, what's been a guiding quote, phrase, or just a motivational dynamic that you've learned that you know that really drove you to success that you could share? Yeah, sure. I mean, may, maybe it's the analytical or the math side of me or, or the, the engineering proof side or truth side, but I think it was Warren Buffett who said like the first rule of investing is don't lose money. And the second rule is see rule one or something like that. And I just always, I just always looked at the downside to say what could go mm -hmm. wrong. How does this, and what has to work for this investment to make sense? What's the critical piece that if it fails, the deal dies and how do I solve that? So it doesn't happen. Like that's just always how I saw things. 
And so, um, you know, if, if you know the deal is going to make money because you've done your risk analysis, you've done the due diligence that you need to, mm -hmm. to eliminate almost all the risk, you'll make, you'll make a profit. And, and, and that, that's, that's, that's the model that I've, I've worked with for the last 10 years. There you go. That Warren Buffett, that's a good one to go by. Uh, Matt, I can't thank you enough. Everybody, as you've had the opportunity to engage, uh, Matt, you're, you're a wonderful individual that has really worked hard. And that hard work has paid off in dividends, especially now as you embark on being a dad and raising a family. Um, definitely want to share everybody. You can find Matthew at payhezonproperties.com. He's got a really good blog going there. We'll make sure we put the URL in the show notes for you. Uh, as always, as you have the opportunity to hear this content, We'd love to hear your feedback, your questions, your comments are the ones that drive us to identify guests like Matt to bring on or even cover the topics that are important to you. Of course, subscribe to the channel, hit that notification button, give us a like so you can get updated all the time as we have new episodes of Investing Anywhere from Anywhere. Matt, thank you again so much for taking time to be with me. I really, really appreciate you. Thanks for having me, MJ. I really enjoyed our conversation. There you go. Everybody, God bless. Take wonderful good care. And we'll see you next time when Investing Anywhere from Anywhere brought to you by Investor Comps. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Investor Comps Invest Anywhere from Anywhere podcast. The place to be to create your freedom lifestyle with more time off, security, and peace of mind. Discovering how you can invest anywhere from anywhere. Subscribe and join us often on the podcast. To get more on being a virtual real estate investor, go to vip.investorcomps.com.